This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable! Welcome to a Men in Blazers pod special. Arsene Wenger has just marked his 20th anniversary as Arsenal's manager. A remarkable achievement in an era in which Premier League managers tend to have the longevity of mayflies. To mark Wenger's milestone, I had the pleasure of sitting down with the man himself for a documentary inside the mind of Arsene Wenger. We traditionally hear from Arsene in the more combative terrains of press conferences or post-match interviews. To speak to him in a moment of rest is to engage with a man who's part football manager, part poet philosopher, or as he prefers to think about himself, an educator. I found him to be self-aware, engaging and a phenomenal listener. You can watch the whole documentary, which debuts this Saturday, October 1st, 12.30pm Eastern Time, on NBCSN. And please, let me know what you think. Here then, is a taste of my experience going deep inside the mind of Arsene Wenger. Arsene Wenger, this is your 20th season. Don't tell me that. As manager at Arsenal Football Club, I've got to know, how do you retain the energy to keep leading in the crucible of the Premier League for such an eternity? Do you ever feel like Sisyphus eternally rolling a rock up a hill only to have it bang over your toes on the way down? Not really, no. I survive because I love the game. I love to win. I love the next game. And football is so rich that every time it's a new experience. I think it's a good school of humility. It's a good lesson as well for every individual who thinks I found the secret. In the next game, football will show you we found absolutely nothing at all. I believe as well that a life of a strong human being is to have a long-term target and not to fade during that trip. Who can maintain the focus? Who is capable to go from A to B without being down every time that you have a disappointment? Who can maintain the motivation level? And that's uh, what is really interesting in our job. Your job, manager, a role which you once described thusly. You said, I am first and foremost an educator. I try to be faithful to the values I believe to be important in life and pass them on to others. What are those values? I know that uh, we live in a period where it's only about to win at any costs. And I think a club is bigger than that. And that sport is much bigger than that. But the values for a club is uh, the style of play, the way the club educates people, the way the club gives a chance to people. And as a manager, you have an influence on the identity of the club, on the individual course of careers of the players, and of course as well on the style of play and on the results of the team. So if you can manage to get these three together, you can say you start to become a manager. There are things that are bigger than winning at any cost. You told a French sports paper last season, I believe a big club must have the ambition to win with style. Of course. If I could only 
give you one of these things, mm -hmm. playing beautiful football or winning ugly, which would you select? You don't think like that. You think the best way to win is to play football where everybody expresses his talent. And what is marvelous in the game, nobody of us has all the qualities. But in a team sport, what is very interesting is to develop the strong qualities of each player and put a harmony and put that to work together and then be efficient as a unit. And what was marvelous in the game is one plus one plus one plus one is more than 11. When you manage to do that, you have built a team. You cannot be a big club and say to everybody, look, my friends, buy a season ticket because we want to win ugly. That will not go far. <laughs> so you have to have the desire to win. But as well, the big clubs need to have the ambition to win with style. People want to come and see an experience that fulfills them for the game they love. Everybody who sits in the stand was a football player. Everyone who sits in the stand thinks they're a football manager. I accept that. And okay. they can be sometimes right and I can be wrong. My job is to make sure that out of 100 times, I'm more often right than they are. But you have to accept that it's a public job and that everybody has an opinion. And people today are better informed, they know better. But on the other hand as well, it is not to be a dictatorship from people who are outside because they do not know always really what's going on. One of my favorite quotes of yours, you said, the only way to deal with life is to transform everything into art. You've come closest in the English Premier League to creating art as football, the 2003-2004 invincible mm. Arsenal team that went unbeaten mm. for an entire season, which is, even saying it, it's still almost impossible to fathom. But it occurred at the very moment English football was forever changed. Roman Abramovich brought into Chelsea, spent $295 million on new players to lift the title the very next year. Mm -hmm. Did that massive cash influx and everything that's happened to the game since then, did it transform everything that you knew about winning? It was a change of era. We have moved to an international level where the billionaires bought the clubs in England. We have even moved up again now. The billionaire is not enough anymore in England now. It has to be a very big international investment fund. Yet, despite this, you claim to retain a sense of optimism. I mean, yeah, football is dark and full of terrors. Mm -hmm. Where does that sense of optimism, how is it not beaten out of it? Well, honestly, in my job, I believe that the main quality is to be an optimist. If you see the future in a negative way, you commit suicide in my job. You are responsible for the motivation of all the people around you. You have to pick up everybody inside the club. You should see what the club is about after a big defeat. It's like a lost war and everybody's on the floor. So you have to be an optimist and say to people, come on, my friends, we are good enough to pick up and win our next game and we can do this together. Remember how good you are. And because everybody forgets quickly in life how good he is and how good he can be when things go wrong. You say that despite being a self-admitted, notoriously bad loser. You once said that you experience every defeat like a death. Yes, every defeat is a big scar in my heart. We are all people, or we love to win, or we hate to lose. Most of the time, the guys who love to win are strikers. The guys who hate to lose are defenders. 
I think a manager is a guy who loves to win, but as well, above all, he hates to lose. The quality of a manager is to stop the defeat as quickly as possible. When you lose once, be very careful not to lose the game after. Don't dream to win it, just don't lose it. Because if you lose two, you have more chances to lose three. Once you lose three, you're in a super crisis. When all goes well, all the managers in the world are good. But the quality of the manager, look, when he stands in a crisis and has to face it, how quickly can we stop it? Super crisis, Arsene, you've just described my life. I'm fascinated by the public and the private, the difference between the two, because elite managers, they're very good at shifting the blame after a loss. It was a referee's fault. It was a lucky Sometimes goal. It, is. it was a goal against the run of play. Honestly, though, can you talk about how you process a loss privately, the psychological process you go through and the tactical process you go through after a defeat to make sure that that one loss doesn't lead to a second or third? This is like a little bit the Formula One engine. When uh, you don't win the race, you have to examine every bit of your engine. That's where I think the big champions have one thing in common. They have a very fair assessment of their performance and they find the answers where it didn't work. And that's what it is about for a manager. Because you find 100 problems, but you have to go to the two or three who are at the heart and at the start of the problems. That's why we try to analyze in a very objective way with statistics as well, with numbers. How many chances did our opponent have? How many chances did we create? How well did we build our game up? Did we stop the crosses? Did we not stop the crosses? Did we allow shots from outside the box? Did we make stupid fouls? So when do you do this? I managed around 2,000 games. So I know there's a moment where I go to the dressing room and I'm destroyed before I go to the press conference. But it's very important that in a press conference just after the game, you don't make more damage. That has already been done. In the next morning, you watch the game again. You get your numbers, analysis from the game, and then you start to work. What role does external criticism play? I imagine as a manager, you filter out almost all of it, thick skin. But what do you let in? If I've survived for such a long time in this job, it's because I can make a difference between what is hate, what is bad wishes, what is revenge, what is resentment, and what is objective. I accept criticism, but I just try to analyze is it fair, is it right or not? And then I get to my own analysis and take into account what people say, yes, but as well get completely out what I think is just destined to be spectacular. <laughs> the stress, Arsene. Some games when I watch Arsenal, yeah. I look at you in the technical area. You look at me suffering and I, you're right, of course I suffer. I get chest pains, Arsene, just yeah. looking at you. Yeah. How do you cope with the stress? I started at the top level at the age of 33, was exceptionally young. To have that responsibility at the age of 33, uh, 30 years later, I'm still there. And I must say that sometimes when I was 33, 34, at half time, I thought, my friend, stop this. You will never survive in this job. And 30 years later, I'm still here. <laughs> so that means that my body certainly progressively adapted to it. And I still suffer, don't worry. Why? Because you want to win, 
and nobody can guarantee that. Football is spectacular because it's uncertain. This uncertainty creates a huge stress. But at the end of the day, my optimistic personality always takes over. The future will be good. Just work hard, put the effort in, do the right things, and the future will be all right. But that sense of optimism must be nourished by something, Arsene. It's nourished by a naive belief in human being. It is as simple as that. Because my job, basically, is to say to people, you do it for me, I believe you will do it. If you experience that in a negative way, you become paranoid. If you believe in people, that they want to do their best, that they want to give their best, you're an optimist. That's uh, maybe naive, but it is like that. You have that or you haven't got it. 20 years at Arsenal, it's an unbelievable achievement. Is there one thing that you would have done differently? There was plenty of things I would have done differently. I think what I want to be looked at is that I carried through these generations the values of that club with absolute commitment and with absolute loyalty. And that I gave absolutely my best to develop the players, show the players how great football can be if we get over our ego and put our qualities together. After that, uh, did I make mistakes? Of course, plenty, but that's part of the experience, of my experience as well. You are a remarkable footballing monogamist. Your relationship yeah. with Arsenal spans now over two decades. Mm. It's an astonishing amount of time. I think Eddie Howe is the mm. second longest serving Premier League manager. What's the most important life lesson that you draw from it all? The most important life lesson is that you meet in your life the possibility to share the values that are important for you. And why did I stay at Arsenal? That I had plenty of opportunities to go to very glamorous clubs. But I think when you share the values that are important for you with your club, don't be stupid enough just for an ego or a glory problem to go somewhere else. And I'm very proud of that. But I resisted attractions who looked much more glorious just to be faithful to what I believe is right in life. So that tenacity, that fidelity. Tenacity is the most underrated quality in life. We all speak about talent, intelligence, glamour. The tenacity is the common thing for every successful person in life. And that's why we come back to what I told you before. Maintain that motivation to go from A to B and to keep your focus on that target without any weakening. That is called tenacity. A stamina in your motivation. I've rarely felt more motivated in my own life than by listening to you, Arsene. We are grateful uh, for being with you. Merci beaucoup. Thank you very much. I'm happy if I can help you a little bit. <laughs> help me a lot more than I can tell you. <sighs> what a fascinating bloke. Whenever you think about arson, it's impossible not to admire his tenacity. The single trait he told me that he values above all others. The full documentary, Inside the Mind of Arsene Wenger, debuts this Saturday. October the 1st at 12.30pm Eastern Time on NBCSN. Be sure to watch it and please let me know what you think. Courage.